Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Howdy, mountain bikers. Thanks for being here and welcome to episode 207 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I'm here as always to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to get on the trails, keep you stoked, and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. So thanks so much for joining us this week and thanks for tuning in to the podcast. Now in this week's episode, we welcome back a guest that has been on the podcast a couple of times previously. His name is Adam Copley. He's a personal trainer specialising in MTB and we get Adam back on this week because he's launching a very exciting masterclass where he takes you through all the issues you may have mountain biking. He's already put out a survey to a load of his clients and a load of people online, got back the most relevant information, what people are struggling with, what people want to learn more and he's put this all into this six-week MTB masterclass for you guys to get involved with. Now, the good news is you can have this free for the first six weeks if you're quick enough. The first 50 people to get in contact with Adam will get a free six-week induction into the course. Um, just see how things go, to smooth things out, see what he needs to add, what he maybe needs to take away, but there's loads involved in the course. We chat to Adam about all that and also about how his new trail collective group is going, what his new bike is like and why he's so stoked on it and everything else that he's got going on. He's building a, a van as well to go travel Europe in and hit all the trail parks, all that kind of good stuff. So without further ado, let's get Adam on. Let's hear more about his six-week MTB masterclass, how you guys can get involved and get ripping with the best guys out there. Hi, Adam. Welcome back to the MTB Tribe podcast. How's things with you, bud? Hi, Gareth. Um, great, thank you. Um, slightly upset about the fact that it's now dark at eight o'clock in the evening, but summer's over. Um, evening rides are over, but that means I can sit and chat to you. So, <laughs> Dude, before I, came, before I came on here with you, right, I seen my first Christmas advert on TV. No. Yep. Well, I went food shopping the other day and they've got the Christmas tubes of sweets in. <laughs> I'm in it's Halloween September. Yet. Oh, dude. Yeah. It gets worse every year. It really does. Like, I can't wait to see a Christmas advert in, uh, in August. It's going to happen next year. I bet you it will. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Uh, well, thanks for coming on the show again, bro. It's good. You've been a busy boy in the old MTB fitness and training stuff. Um, so we'll get stuck into that because your your personal training, well, it hasn't taken a different direction, but you're doing a few different things um, that you've been planning over the ne- over the last few months. And uh, we'll get stuck into that. But listen, I know you've been converting a van. How's that going, bro? Oh, it's great. Um yeah, it started out as just a regular panel van. So when I got it, it was like white van, bulkhead, no windows. And now we've got the windows in. It's got some really cool wheels in. Um, Leighton Vans have done a great job on the carpeting and the windows and stuff like that. It's it's mega, yeah. Yeah, cool, it. cool. Well, you got a Volkswagen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Part of the um, Transporter Club. So I'm officially a mountain biker now. 
<laughs> what way you did you kind of design the interior yourself are you doing that or are you getting somebody to do it professionally or yeah well luckily i've got a, a a dad who's brilliant with the tools so we sort of designed and built the bed and the kitchen unit and we spent a while sort of building all that and putting that together so it's all been done by my dad and then the stuff like the windows and anything that basically involves cutting into the van mm-hmm. i'll give it someone else because i'm not trusting myself with that but no it's a mixed job but me yeah, and my dad's been great on it and then the guys over at Leighton have done a good job on it as well yeah cool man cool like from a mountain bike point of view how's that changed things for you like because i know you're into your racing and stuff and you were racing there recently like did you take the van how did it change was it did it make things easier oh it's so much easier it's it's do you know what i i saw um a guy recently after getting the van i saw a guy who got a a really nice golf Mm -hmm. and he was putting his brand new bike in the back of it and he got about six sheets on the back to make sure he didn't scratch the paint. He'd got both wheels off. And yeah. like, <laughs> I, I just sort of looked and I just thought, oh, I'm so glad I don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. I hope that doesn't sound snobby because I don't want it to. But I've been there with the cars and stuff and the small cars and throwing bikes in the back of them and worrying whether you're going to snap your spokes when you're chucking bikes in and stuff. Um no, the van's great. I can throw the bike in. I can just sort of cook all my food on the way down there as well, so I don't have to stop off at service stations, um, eat terrible food. I can take it all with me and crack on with sort of cooking and, and preparing food and have a nice sleep as well if I stay over. Yeah, happy days, happy days. Uh, me and my friend was up at Dava there probably, oh, it's maybe four or five months ago. And uh, we were just getting changed after a ride and there was a guy came in. There was two or three cars come in together, but one guy, very, very nice fella, really nice family and all. But he, he came into the car park in a Porsche 911 with two mountain bikes on top of it. <laughs> wow. And, yeah, like, and it was one of the new Porsches and he had a Ness Works on the top and a Juliana. Of course. And we went over and chatted to him because the S-Works looked amazing. It had the old Bluetooth gearing system and all. and um, It was brand new. It was the first mm. time he had used it. But um, absolutely fa- really, really nice fella too. But when he was going up kind of out of Dava up to go towards the trailhead, the rake in that S-Works, man, it just looked like a like a, like a, mo- like a motorbike or something. It was crazy. <laughs> They're they're huge now, aren't they? They are massive. I mean, to be fair, my slash, it's not far away from being too long for the mm. van. Wow, really? Yeah, it's taller than me. It took me ages to get used to riding it because it was so much bigger than my old Remedy was. Um, for a good two months, I didn't like riding it. Really, really? Yeah, because yeah, that's relatively new for you, right? You snapped your other frame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was basically like, it was kind of like a, it was like an educated whim buying the bike. Um, and it fits me great. But yeah, because of the size of it, like it took me ages to get used to it. And because it was so much longer than my other bike, and it was a 29er, and I'd gone from a 27 and a half frame that was, a little bit small as well 
it took me ages to sort of dial into the bike and for a long time i just i didn't enjoy riding it wow wow that's crazy like what when you say you didn't enjoy riding it was it more uphill or downhill or just in general it was just getting used to it because where i ride a lot of the stuff is quite sort of tight and 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 there's a lot of sort of turns and, and narrow switchbacks and stuff right um, I love pedalling it because I went from an alloy bike to a carbon bike and it was lighter. So pedalling it was really nice. Um, and it was a 29er as well. But yeah, I think the the length of it, it just felt really weird. Um, mm. I did get it in the middle of winter as well. So the weather was terrible. So, you know, that's not going to help your experience on it either. But yeah, it just took me a long time to gel with it. Yeah, yeah. What travels on that bike? uh 170 i think 170 yeah. on the front 160 on the back okay how do you like the 29 or now do you prefer it i do yeah it feels a lot more planted you can tell it's a race bike an enduro race bike whereas the the remedy was a lot more poppy um and a lot more sort of nimble mm-hmm. but the slash is a lot more planted um now i've got used to it i prefer drops on it i prefer riding the tech on it um and i prefer pedaling it for yeah. sure but i sort of went from a 29er to a 27 and a half back to a 29er wow okay so All yeah right. well then you need to try mullet next then <laughs> i'm tempted to just whack one on there <laughs> i'm sure you are i'm sure you are classic man classic yeah like i never got on to 29ers for a long time until i had that nuke proof reactor out and that, mm. blew, that bike blew. Now, it's 140 travel, so and 140 in front, 130 in the rear, so it's a smaller travel, but that bike blew my mind. Yeah, I, I think, I do think they're great. Um, and I think they're a lot easier to get hold of, and they're a lot more common now, aren't they, as well? Yeah. yeah. Um, controversial opinion is, you know, are, are the industry trying to get rid of 27.5? Are they trying to sort of standardise 29ers? My answer would be yes yeah um you know i think from a brand's perspective when you factor in sizes colors spec different models different wheel sizes it just becomes an absolute you know manufacturing nightmare Mm. um so i think maybe the small frames they might keep a 27.5 option but i think certainly they'll try and filter some stuff out or they may bring out a bike where it's 25 27.5 only or something like that yeah you you know um and i can understand it from a business point of view i can totally understand that you know um just for costs and and and, you know sometimes if you give people too many options you confuse them and they end up not being able to choose oh yeah i agree with that it took me ages to swap tires yeah so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's it's difficult man it's difficult like you know um but let's uh enough of that slabbering about old silly bikes you know uh let's uh let's chat about what you've been up to now i had you back on the on the show episode 146 and we kind of chatted so if anybody wants to know your background uh that's why i'm kind of mentioning they can go back and listen to these episodes because we chatted on that one about how to get started in your mountain biking journey things like that and then uh in episode 161 
we chatted with you about racing for the kind of the grassroots athlete and what to do and how to train and all that kind of stuff. Um, but you've gone in a slightly different direction. You're doing what's called the Trail Collective. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about that, Adam? Yeah, so during we had a lockdown in England at the start of this year and because a lot of my clients are very into their outdoor stuff, I work with a lot of mountain bikers and cyclists. Um, and I basically, because of lockdown, I couldn't use the gym. And people either switched to online coaching or they did stuff with me outside. So I'd take them out on the bike, I'd get them riding. Um, basically really enjoyed it because why wouldn't you? You know, you're getting paid mm-hmm. to take people out on bikes. So I got qualified to coach and guide rides and the more I enjoyed it the more I sort of realized I wanted to add that into what I do and that's where the trail collective thing sort of came about um it's just a a page that's basically dedicated to the bike industry guided rides coaching as well but also it's just aiming to get a group of people together who just love riding bikes and create a really nice community really mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and, and was that something you felt was required were you getting people to ask you to do more of that kind of thing yeah i mean i've got people that really love doing it um it opens up new places for people to ride doesn't it because if someone's ridden in sheffield for example where i live for five or ten years they may have only ridden in sort of their area of Sheffield and Mm -hmm. there's tons of places to ride as there are you know all over the country and for a lot of people it's quite daunting to ride somewhere new because they may not know the trails they're going on they may not know where the trails are so they might be worried about just turning up and riding on a fire road because they can't find anything um and also they get that confidence that they can work on their skills if there's anything they're struggling with or if they want to maybe advance it a little bit but they want to advance it when someone who's qualified and experienced is there to watch them it gives mm-hmm. them that confidence to to try new things and to push their own mountain biking a little bit so yeah no my clients definitely loved it and I've had other people come to me for coaching and stuff since I got qualified as well so yeah it's taken off well yeah amazing amazing like we all know you know, if if you're into the mountain biking thing and you're into the scene, we all know how crazy mountain biking's got over the COVID thing mm. um, and how busy it's got and how popular. Like, have you seen, because of your, you know, your specific training in, in mountain biking, have you seen more people wanting to kind of up their gym work or up their, their riding time with, you know, somebody like you, a qualified coach there to direct them in a, a specific kind of area, what they're doing wrong, what they're doing right, all that kind of thing. Have you seen an increase in that? Oh, yeah, there's definitely, you know, been an uptake in people going out on the bikes, people getting involved with guided rides around Sheffield. Um, definitely from my clients, they're a lot more open to sort of going out from the gym and doing more stuff outside. Mm, um, interesting. Yeah, and then we had a guy on our course when I was learning to be a a coach. We actually had a guy who essentially him and his mates had got into mountain biking through lockdown, and he was the one who was organizing and planning routes and stuff. So the reason he was taking the course was so he could 
make the experience for his friends better. So he wasn't even interested in charging people for it. He just wanted to do it so he could let his mates have a good time. And how good's that? Like, <laughs> wow. That's yeah. nuts. Fair yeah. play. Fair play to him. Well oh, done, yeah, sir. definitely. Yeah, cool, man. That's that's cool. And like, how stoked are people to get out? You know, we've all been locked up at some stage. How stoked are people to get out on bikes? I think people love it. Um, you know, I've definitely seen a lot of people in in the gym sort of being more outdoor focused now. And I don't know whether that's because they missed out on it last year. So they're sort of making up for lost time or whether they've just discovered these hobbies through the lockdowns because they didn't have access to the gym. But yeah, no, people are definitely more keen on getting outside and enjoying the trails for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like just as a, a kind of side topic, have you seen your trails experience, you know, more rubbish or anything like that? I don't want to go down this rabbit hole too far, but you know, have you seen anything like that? That's a good one. Uh not particularly. I've seen quite a lot of wear and tear on the trails. Okay. Um, you know, our trails are sort of they're hand-cut trails. They're managed by volunteers who just go in the woods and, and build and maintain them. Um, and I've seen a lot more wear on the trails, a lot more sort of, for want of a better word, chicken lines being cut in by people who just go ride there. Um, but on the upside to that, you know, people are very respectful of the work that's been done on the trails. And if a trail's blocked off, you know, it's obvious that a builder's working on it and people generally leave them alone and don't move the logs and stuff. So, mm-hmm. but no, off the top of my head, I can't think of any any more litter that's come about, which is good because I noticed it quite a fair bit last year. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So you did notice it last year when people were getting into the sport, but now maybe that's, maybe that's flattened off that they're realising, mm, maybe I shouldn't drop my freaking Coke can or something. Yeah, and I think people get more into it, don't they? So the more you get into it, the more you meet people. And, you know, the more you meet someone who's a serious mountain biker and if he goes out and he sees you doing stuff like that, he's going to say, like, dude, come on, like, don't do not do that. We don't do that here. <laughs> yeah, take it home, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Coolness. Uh, now, I want to chat to you about your six-week uh, MTB Masterclass because this is new for you um and this is this is something you've put together over the last few months about you know to help people learn how to master their confidence and their fitness and basically enjoy themselves on the mountain right um tell us a wee bit about it this is very interesting it's it's a different route for you yeah so this is something that i was reading a book i bought and it basically inspired me to sort of create something new and yeah, it's just, it's a nice, accessible way for people to sort of dip their toes into coaching. Um, and it gives people a chance to experience methods to, you know, manage their motivation, which is something that's going to come in great when the weather gets colder. It's going to work on things like cornering and line choice, technical terrain. Fitness is going to come into it. Um, but all the course content is the result of a poll that I sent out to a, mm-hmm. a group of mountain bikers. And it's all designed around the results of that poll and the things that people said they wish they could work on um, to improve their riding. So, 
yeah, it should be really good. It's going to be really interactive. You're going to get a logbook to fill in so you can record your progress. We've got community forums and all that kind of stuff too. So, Yeah, cool. I'm, I'm interested in the feedback you got from your survey. Like, Can you tell us what the kind of most most uh, common thing was? Yeah, it's a good uh, a good range, really. One of the the most common things were like you know your standard cornering speed, um, rides over technical terrain. A couple of people were talking about their fitness as well, not wanting to be the the last one at the top of the hill. One of the most interesting ones was there was a couple of people who said they'd lost their confidence because of all of the um, stay safe stuff last year and. They were basically saying like they went out with the attitude of, you know, the protect the NHS campaign and they went out to not ride as crazy. And as a result of that, they've actually they feel like they've regressed and they've got slower and less confident on their bike, which I found really interesting. Wow. Yeah, that is a strange one. But, yeah, I can understand it, you know, totally, totally. Um, Yeah, I think you know that must be difficult if you've lost a bit of confidence i can kind of you know i kind of know where they're coming from because when i broke my shoulder and i didn't get in the water surfing for a long time and funnily this wasn't the same on the bike but in saying that i was i wasn't off the bike as long as i was the surfboard but you see now when i'm surfing, my time and i've been in the water maybe eight or ten times since i got the plate out of my shoulder and my timing is just not there yet it's just not there and my confidence is down a little bit you know and um because your timing's off then your pops a little off and then your bottom turns a little out of sync and you know everything then becomes more forced you don't have the flow or anything um so i can understand that like like how do you help somebody like that adam like what do you do to some for somebody like that to get to get their confidence up again i think the key thing with with someone like that is you've got to basically understand that this is a common a common thing um it's something i can relate to as well for a while i really struggled riding trails on my own um i was just sort of really like i'd hold off on certain trails or i wouldn't ride certain trails on my own and as a result of that, I got bored of my riding because it became very samey. Mm, mm-hmm. And one of the things that I found sort of really helped me was I do a lot of visualization work and a, a lot of meditation. And before I went out on my bike, I basically took five minutes to just sit, think about the route I was going to do, think about the trails I was going to ride. And then that brought about all the feelings of enjoyment and, um, that I get from riding those trails and I felt myself sort of really buzzing to go out and ride them, went out and rode them and had a blast of a time. So there's things like that you can do. You know, there's also, I would suggest to someone, you know, get out with your mates and go and ride with your mates and just don't put any pressure on yourself. Just go out, enjoy riding the trails that you like to ride. And, you know, confidence is one of those weird things. It's up and down and up and down and, anything can affect it you know you have a a bad night's sleep and you wake up you go out and ride your bike early in the morning with your mates you probably don't feel 100% on the bike so you're going to feel a a little bit less confident whereas you know you have a couple of good rides your confidence is going to be sky high so 
I think confidence is a bit like the circle of life. Yeah, very much so. Very, very much so. Um, yeah, and it's it's weird the way, you know, energy levels and everything like that can affect your confidence or your mindset or something, you know? Oh, yeah, 100%. And, you know, I was talking to a mate of mine who broke his collarbone recently and he's got back on the bike and he's getting, it took him a couple of months to get back up to full speed Mm. and he's a fast rider. Um, And he was saying like he now, it gets to a certain point where he starts to get a bit bored and he gets a bit tired and that's when he starts making mistakes and that's when he knows he needs to go home. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I think that's a key thing as well, you know, know when you start making mistakes, know when to sort of call it off because the more you make mistakes, the more frustrated, the more mistakes you're going to make because you're frustrated and the less confidence you're going to get. And you never want to end a ride like that. You always want to end a ride on a high. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. And, you know, I think that's, and even to take that point a little bit further, I think, when you get to a certain level of confidence and then you're riding, let's say, a green trail or a blue or something, which isn't that taxing, you sometimes can switch you off. Your brain can switch you off. And that's when you make dumb mistakes. And before you know it, you're over the bars or something, you know? Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> you know, how many times I ride clipped in and the amount of times I've fallen over because I've stopped on a green and not been able to clip out. <laughs> because I've lost concentration like it happens and you know that's a funny example but it's one of those things isn't it you've got to stay concentrated I was listening to your your episode with the guy who came off and and paralyzed himself yeah yeah neck down I was listening to that earlier and exactly like he was saying you know concentration's a massive thing and it only takes one slight lapse of it it's yeah it's so true and like that's how i done my shoulder i just because i was on a flat i was maybe going a little hard came to a corner wasn't thinking and just lost the front end and before you know it you know you've bust something and you're off your bike for ages um so it's very important like when you're doing this uh mtb masterclass is that stuff you'll be chatting to people about you'll be kind of talking about the whole mindset thing Yes, it's one of the modules on the six weeks, yeah. Perfect, yeah. Because I think, you know, when you first get into a sport, you know, obviously you're thinking fitness is probably the first thing that comes to people's minds, you know, um, because if you haven't been into it, it's obviously something different, so you'll have to take a bit of time to get used to it and get fitness and everything else. And then it's, you know, it's probably gear and nice bikes and, you know, this, all this stuff we're sold on, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, that, we love buying carbon wheels to make us faster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but mindset probably is something, you know, I know it's getting more popular almost, for lack of a better word, you know, but it's something we, we kind of forget about in a way, right? Yeah. And um, I think for so long you know it's only recent times where mental health and looking after yourself mentally has sort of become more of a normal thing before it was a little bit of a of a stigma um 
but now how many athletes do you see that work with psychologists or how many people do you see that feel like they can open up about their mental health and their experience and that's only a good thing that people feel confident that they can share these feelings and emotions now because it, mm-hmm. it normalizes not feeling okay yeah yeah totally totally and you know do you think fitness plays a big part in your mindset as well you know if you're fit do you think that makes your mindset a bit healthier i think it definitely gives you a little bit of an edge i mean obviously you're going to not be as tired at the top of the climb so you're not going to potentially make as many mistakes when you're riding downhill because your fatigue's going to be less um but i think it does it gives you that that sort of edge when you know you're fitter when you know you're getting fitter it opened your mind up to want to try new things and to want to push yourself a bit further. And that comfort zone becomes a lot less intimidating to break out of because you've been there, you've pushed yourself out of it and you've come back stronger and you can do that in other ways and you can keep doing it for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's so true. So true. Um, No, um, I get your emails, I get your blogs and stuff every week, and they're very, very good. Like, where does your inspiration come for those blogs? Uh, and they're part of this course as well, aren't they? Yeah, no, they're they're part of the course as well. Um, so I listen to quite a lot of podcasts. I read a lot of books. I obviously chat to my friends a lot. I'm into the cycling world, so I see what people post. I see what people ask questions about. So. And I listen to what my clients say as well. You know, people will ask me questions and one week it's crazy. It's weird. Like I can get asked the same thing by three different clients in one week. And it's like they talk to each other and like, oh, what can we ask Adam this week? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I get my inspiration from, you know, outside sources. I follow a lot of people in the mountain biking industry as well. So there's always something that inspires me and I, or I have my own personal experience as well. And I think, you know what? I can't be the only person that's thinking this or feeling like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you one blog post that sticks out among any of the other ones that's been read more more times? Yeah, I wrote one a while ago, which I've used a couple of times now, which talks about um, weight loss and cycling in general. And it basically talks about being able to perform on the bike while also still taking in enough nutrition to allow you to do that but also allow you to to lose weight and lose body fat that was quite an interesting one all right okay tell us a bit about that that does sound interesting so basic equation of weight loss is you eat less than you burn Mm. um if you eat more than you burn then you're going to gain weight. If you eat less than you burn, then you're going to lose weight. Now, the problem is with that, when you throw a performance into it, if you go out and you say ride 15, 20 miles, you're going to burn a lot of calories. If you're not eating the right foods, taking in enough carbohydrates, taking in enough protein for your recovery, enough vegetables, so your immune system's high, you're getting plenty of nutrients in your body, you're going to burn out and you're going to crash. Um, The inspiration for this was I tried doing a photo shoot a couple of years ago and 
it got to a stage where I was five miles in to a ride and I would just bomb. Mm. And I'd look at my Garmin, I'd be like, I'm five miles in. What, what are you doing? And that was all about not taking enough of the right foods. And it basically sort of inspired me to write this blog about whether or not you can perform on your bike and still eat enough, en- eat enough food so you're getting the energy, but you're also losing weight as well. And it's a it's a really interesting article. It'll be on the on the course content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like I I experienced that myself one time when I went out for. I said I was going out myself, and I, I said I'll go out for an hour, and I'm going to go and basically hunt for new trails. Mm. And I'll I'll find the exit of trails that I I haven't. I just don't know we're there and I'll you know I'll walk up them or whatever and then I'll I'll figure out where they start and all that but I didn't take any food with me because I thought I'm only going to be out an hour yeah but it was a nasty old day and all and I ended up staying out for like three and a half hours and then I had to drive home about 45 minutes and you see when I got home I had some food but the minute man that food hit my stomach I just felt so ill and I threw up, was physically sick, and then I just felt unbelievably ill for about two hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I never yeah. experienced that before in my life, but it had to do with energy, right? 100%. Well, if it, was it hot as well when you were out? What was um, the like? I, I was hot, yeah. Like, the yeah. weather wasn't great. It was quite cold, but I was hot because, you know, I'd kind of overdressed. I was out a lot longer, and I kind of, plan to be so yeah, yeah yeah i would always you know say to someone it's always better to take more than less um you see this a lot with water it's a classic case with people who go on a bike ride they don't take enough water with them um especially in british summertime and you know the last thing you want to do is need something desperately need something and not have it with you. So for the sake of what it weighs to take, you know, a flapjack out or a banana, an energy gel, an extra bottle of water, you're better off taking it with you because, you know, riding a bike, if you go out to ride a bike with intent, you're going to burn some serious calories. And you can't look at cycling and mountain biking as a sport if you're hammering it and use it as a way to lose weight. You can use it as a way to burn a lot of calories, but you want to keep your energy levels maintained mm-hmm. throughout the course of a ride. Um, you can burn, depending on your body sort of makeup, you can burn anywhere between, you know, two to 400 calories an hour. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose that's different for everybody, right? The amount of, you know, energy they would have to consume. Yeah, yeah, it's... It's completely different for everybody because obviously you've got your energy demands. Um, it depends how sciencey you want to get with tracking it. I log my heart rate monitor onto my head unit on my Garmin, so I get a sort of mock-up of how many calories I burn. You can take that with a pinch of salt, but you can use it as a general figure. Um, another general rule is you want to take in between 17 to 30 grams of carbohydrate per hour. Mm. so if you look at the back of like an energy gel tube for instance that'll have about 27 to 30 grams of carbs in it 
and yeah that's just like a general rule to- yeah so you, so you need to be fueling yourself every hour so if you go out for a three-hour ride you need to be taking at least a couple of things to fuel yourself oh yeah 100 percent, and arguably a little bit more just in case you have a problem because you know mountain biking is a sport where things break so if you get a puncture and you end up having to walk home mm. yeah interesting which has happened all of us i'm sure <laughs> yeah yeah, I once had to give my flapjack up to my angry girlfriend who had to come and pick me up because I'd got a puncture and I'd run out of inner tubes. <laughs> well, I was uh, I was at one of the local trails here, and I had I had something wrong with my rear rim. But anyway, I got I had uh, a spare tube with me, and I had a number of patches, and I got to the top of basically the highest point of this trail center and it was going to be dark in about 40 minutes or so and i got i got my third puncture just as i got to the top and i had no tubes left i had no patches left and i thought i'm going to get stuck out here in the dark and (laughs) it would have been pitch black i mean you know there's you know i'm not anywhere near civilization (laughs) and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to ride this bad boy back in the rim. <laughs> yeah, how did that go? <laughs> Great for me, very bad for the bank. <laughs> <laughs> we had something. We were skiing on a university trip once, and one of the lads, he let he was a, he was clumsy. He he left his ski poles or something on the the chairlift on the way to the top. Oh no! <laughs> it was it was the last run of the day. And he'd skied like twice before. Oh no. And we had to basically, me and one of the other lads had to basically bomb down to um the the driver, the the yeah. driver who was taking us back to the hotel, explain to him what had happened and uh, explain to him that it was walking down from the top of the mountain. He said something in Bulgarian, which I'm sure was swear words. And <laughs> we had a long wait for him to come back. So, oh my word! Would he not attempt that way out the pools? He was. He was no. He'd, he'd skied literally like twice, and both of those times he'd have a massive crash as well. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he, was, he was one of those people who was brilliant to watch skiing. Yeah, yeah, class of classic moments. Oh dear yeah. me, dear me, that is crazy, man, crazy. Oh, some of the silly things we get up to is just, oh, well, that's what makes it all fun and, and exactly. enjoyable, right? Yeah, what would um, life be without that? <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, so I'm interested about the, the MTB Master Classic. Where did your idea come from for this, Adam? So, like I mentioned, I was reading this book, and it was all about creating a community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, well, yeah, there's plenty of Facebook groups in mountain biking. That's nothing new. Um and then I was thinking, you know, it would be amazing if I could combine a group with a page with um, some way to help people as well and to sort of make coaching accessible, less intimidating and something that is easy to get hold of. Um, I've done a lot of online courses in business which run with a similar platform to what I'm doing with the masterclass. And I was thinking, oh, this would be great if I could put something like this together. And the Trail Collective page is something that I started a while ago. 
And I basically just sort of reuse that because it's got quite a decent following um, to start with. So I just restarted that and and cracked on with it. And yeah, so fingers crossed when it opens up in October, it's going to go well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like, is this for anybody? Is it for beginners, for intermediates, for, you know, can anybody get involved? Yeah, this is for, you know, absolutely anybody. If you're someone who feels like, you know, you are an advanced rider, but you maybe struggle with your mindset, maybe now the weather's getting darker in the mornings, it's harder for you to get up and get out on a Sunday morning. So, you know, if you're someone who struggles with that, it's definitely worth taking part in, even if your confidence is high on the bike. If you're someone who is eager to get out, you've just discovered mountain biking and you're, you're eager to get out in all weather, but you're not quite as confident, it's going to be great for you as well because we'll cover, you know, different changes in weather and stuff like that. The weather's changing, it's going to be a lot different for newcomers who this might be their first winter of riding so it'll be great for people like that too Mm -hmm. yeah yeah for definite and coming under these dark you know dark evenings and everything else you do need that bit of motivation and you're doing live webinars with us as well right yep so there's going to be a facebook group where anyone who's on the masterclass will be able to access and that's where the live webinars are going to be so they're going to be half an hour to 45 minute presentations and it's basically going to be going through each weekly module and we'll cover a number of different topics within that module if you can't make the live then you've also got the option to watch them as I'm going to record them as well and upload them to the website page that you'll have access to. So if you can't make the live, you can watch the content as well. And if you are on the live, it'll be interactive because it's on Facebook. So you'll be able to comment, ask any questions that pop up and stuff like that too. Yeah, that's cool, man. That That's very cool because the thing about a lot of these courses, people struggle with different things. You know what I mean? And you buy into these courses and there's no interaction and you maybe have some random thing that you just can't get on with or doesn't work or you know you're struggling with but on this they could you know whoever's involved can physically ask you a question and you can answer them there there and then which is amazing yeah um i'm really looking forward to that and we've got a community forum as well where people will be able to to post their questions on there um Mm -hmm chat about bikes as well because we all love doing that and then encourage each other as well and share each other's achievements and share things that people have tried that have helped them progress so the community can work together to you know help each other out and support each other yeah yeah sweet and like there's a downloadable logbook that tracks results you're doing that as well yeah so that's going to have a page for each of the weeks and it's also going to have areas where you can track back and have a look at how you've improved and write down how you've improved. And that'll be all part of the interactive experience of the course too. Yeah, wow. You've really thought this one out. Yeah, I don't think many things out, but this has been something <laughs> that I've, I've really gone for. <laughs> classic, mate, classic. So how can people get involved? Like what do they need to do? what's the kind of pricing tell us kind of how, how they can get more involved and find out more yeah so people can get involved by going to either my website um adamcoplaycoaching.com and then you'll see the mtb masterclass 
as a header on there. So just click on that and that'll give you all the information you need. Um, obviously, you can follow me on Instagram at either a Copley Coach or at trail.collective. You can send me a message on there. Um, and pricing wise, this is the first time I've run something like this. So I'm doing this as like a, a beta test. So it's actually going to be free for the first six weeks. Wow. Um, just so I can iron out any kinks that may arise and then make it run really smoothly before it actually goes on sale. When it does go on sale, it will be $24.99 per month. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cool. And again, will that be, when it goes online, after the beta test and stuff, like, is it going to be a monthly thing then? Is it, It's not just going to be a six-week thing? Yeah, it'll be, um, it'll change every six weeks. So it's always going to okay. be, six weeks long but the content on it will change so when you've got the webinars and stuff people who say join two weeks or two blocks in will be able to look at the stuff that's happened before um and then we'll also have you know a lot of interactive stuff on there so we can ask the group what they want to see next and we can get a bit of research so it always evolves as you know, people join onto it and it's not the same for people who have been on it for a while, but it's also not too advanced for people who've joined as the course has run. They can still right. access everything as well. Yeah, wow, very, very good. And when are you hoping to start the beta test? So the beta test is going to start on the 4th of October, which is the first Monday in October. Yeah, yeah, cool, man, cool. Um, have you had much intake so far or are you limited? Limited. Oh, I can't even speak now. <laughs> it's been a long day, dude. Yeah. Um, I'll just go easier at it. Are you only going to allow the the freebie to a certain number of people? Yeah. So I'm going to give out 50 spots, and those spots are going to people like yourself, so people who are in the mountain bike industry. Um, I'm having some good chats with a few people with regards to getting people involved with that. And then I'm going to get some general public people involved as well. So there's going to be 50 spaces for it. And then they'll be able to send me an email, get in touch, get on the beta test. And then they can, you know, ex experience the program, send me their feedback on it, how it ran, what they would perhaps change. So I can collect it all and create something that runs nice and smooth. Yeah, perfect, mate. Perfect. I have signed up. I don't know if you noticed, but... Uh... <laughs> Yep, no, I accepted you this morning. <laughs> yeah, cool. I didn't go any further because I wanted to kind of have a, you know, a blank mind chatting to you about it. I didn't want kind of any insider info, you know. <laughs> cool, man. Well, that sounds awesome. I hope that goes really well for you. Like, um, no, it's, it's something good. I, I think it's going to be class. Uh, I love the interaction thing. I think that makes a massive difference having that once a week, you know, um, definitely huge um so i hope you i hope it goes all really well for you um now let's chat you're going to bike park wales are you not yeah first time in two years wow have they built any new trails running since then i think they've been mad busy during lockdown haven't they <laughs> yeah they've been kicking motocross riders off and they've been building new trails so i'm looking forward to it Wow, wow. Uh, are you uh, are you going with a few friends? What way is it going? Yeah, we've got a couple of lads going down. So we're going to camp over Thursday night, have a bit of a, a barbecue and, and chat. 
and then go riding on the um, on the Friday at Bike Park Wales, and then on the Saturday they're going to Forrester Dean. I'm skipping that to go and go and see a mate of mine who lives near Bike Park Wales has just had a new baby, so it's going to be nice. Yeah, cool, man, cool. Like I'm sure you'll see a brave difference in it in two years. I can't wait. It's 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 going to be like that weird feeling of deja vu because I've been there and I remember it, but I'm also looking forward to riding trails that I've not ridden for quite a long time now. So yeah, like wheels, I've never been, um, but it just seems like a kind of mega for mountain biking. You know, there's so many good parks because you've got you've got Black Mountains there. Is it Black Mountains? Yeah, Black Mountains is not too far from Bike Park Wales either. Yeah. I should know that because I had them on the podcast and they're awesome, <laughs> awesome people. It looks um, it looks mega. Yeah, that. And then there's Revolution Bike Park, right? Yeah, that's North Wales, isn't it? Yeah. So, you know, because my mate said to me, uh, let's go to Scotland riding. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. I'm up for that. And then I was chatting to somebody else about it and they says, no, dude, if you're going for a long weekend, just go to Wales. I don't yeah, know either I, way. I but... would pick Wales because it's closer. Yeah. to where I live um, I, I've heard amazing things about Scotland um, I've been to Fort William before to climb Ben Nevis not to ride there unfortunately but yeah for me Wales is a lot closer um, but I've heard both places are amazing yeah so. yeah well I suppose it depends what you want to but yeah mm. dude just have to do both it's a good excuse yeah, well, they say Wales never fails, so. <laughs> yeah, brilliant, brilliant. What about uh, what about Morzine or somewhere like that? Have you any plans to do anything like that? I was hoping to get there this year in the van, but um, obviously everything's still restricted travel-wise. But yeah, no, I was hoping to do a bit of a road trip there in the in the van this year and sort of really break the van in, but I'm. I'll put that on hold. That's definitely going to happen. Um, just wait for all of everything to sort of return to normal. And yeah, no, that's happening. Yeah, yeah. Like Morsi, I've never, I've skate, I've snowboarded there, but I've never rode the bike there. Um, but yeah, it's the capital of Europe now, almost, isn't it? Mm, it's so cool that you can like drive there as well. It's bad for the environment, but it's so cool that you can like drive there and make a proper like road trip holiday of it yeah totally man totally sounds good sounds good all right bud well listen thanks so much for coming on i appreciate your time and i appreciate you uh doing this master class because i think it'll be really good and um for a lot of people just getting into it and for a lot of people wanting to progress their skills and body position and all those kind of things i think you're the man for the job so um brilliant well done and i hope it goes well for you no, thank you very much. I'm looking forward to having you involved with it and, yeah, keeping it going. Yeah, totally, dude, totally. It'll be uh, interesting because <clears throat> I haven't been on the bike much now in recent, well, over the last month or so because I've just been hectic. Um, and just, I just really haven't managed my time properly. That's more like it, to be honest. Um, mm. But we all go through times like that, don't we? So this is going to kick me in the butt and get me back out, get me back out, Ryan. Hopefully so. <laughs> Good stuff, bud. Well, thanks so much, mate. And uh, we'll put all the links and stuff to it in the show notes, all right, so people can figure out and get quick and easy access to you there. Yeah, awesome. Thank you for having me on. Again, it's been a pleasure. And 
yeah no thank you very much That's a wrap for episode 207. I hope you enjoyed that, folks, and I hope you take Adam up on his offer and get involved, or at least just go check it out. You will get all the links to Adam's stuff on the show notes, mtb-tribe.com. Quick links there to go and check out the six-week course that Adam is offering there. And I've had a good chat to Adam with what's involved in it, and it's very smooth. It will be awesome to get involved in something like that. And I hope to see you there because I will be involved and I will be taking part over the six weeks. So hopefully I will see you there and I can have a chat with you guys there. Now, if you're enjoying the podcast and you want to show your support, the best way is by subscribing, rating and reviewing us on whatever podcast platform you get your podcasts on. All your ratings helps boost us on the algorithms and helps spread the good word about the show to more people. We also have a website, mtb-tribe.com where you can find the complete bike catalogue listen and download every show from there for free you can also subscribe to the podcast from there and get one email per week with a quick and easy link to listen to the show you can also get involved on social media at mtbtribe on instagram and facebook or if you want to get in contact with me directly you can simply email me at info at mtb-tribe.com I do read all the emails and I will get back to you so that's it for this week folks I hope you enjoyed this week's episode so until the next time as always get the bikes out hit the trails and stay MTV stoked <laughs>